Welcome to Choosing Happily Ever After with Nicole Van Gelder, a podcast that focuses on values and practical tools to help you have peace, joy, and confidence so you can create your own happy homes and lives, no fairy godmothers required. In Pastor Nicole's last episode, she began her faith series, sharing on taking faith beyond just the big moments. In this week's episode, she will share the four vital ingredients to implementing faith into your daily life. Faith is a necessary ingredient of daily life for every believer. And the daily life moments of faith are just as important as the big moments. But what does faith mean? What ingredients make faith? (laughs) How do you practice it in your daily life? What's it look like? Well, I'm going to tell you about four ingredients that I think need to be present in your life in order to live a life of faith. These things are, if you were, you know, able to go to a lab and create faith, I'm not sure that this is the comprehensive list of what would be contained in it, but I do think it's some of the bigger ingredients. And so those four things are strength, faithfulness, trust, and joy. Okay, strength, faithfulness. I know faithfulness might feel like I'm cheating a little because faith is right in that word. (laughs) But strength, faithfulness, trust, and joy. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Okay, strength. Joshua 1.9. Very famous passage, so you're probably familiar with it. But the context of it is that Moses has been with the people. He led them out of Egypt, and then instead of being able to go into the promised land as they were supposed to, there were some missteps along the way, right? And they end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and the generation of people who were enslaved passes away, and it's their kids that are actually going to be the ones who are going in to occupy the promised land. And Moses himself is not going with them. He passes away, and... Now the leader of the people is Joshua, Joshua, who was a godly, I would say young man. Um, But you know, they've been in the wilderness for 40 years. So he's not a young buck in that sense, but younger than Moses. But he's the one who's going to be leading the people into the promised land. And this isn't just, hey, we're going to go settle into this vacant land, but it's actually, it's going to require battle. So the Lord over and over again, tells them something along these lines. So Joshua 1, 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now it's really comforting to have the Lord remind you that he's with you, that there's no reason to be afraid. But at the same time, there is something that should happen where you take note, because the Lord's probably not telling you not to be afraid unless there's going to be reason (laughs) for your flesh to feel some fear. You know, don't worry, I'm going to be with you. Okay, this is going to be great. Don't worry, but I'm going to be with you. You know, it reminds me a little bit of being at Disney World with my family. And some of my kids love rides and don't get scared at all. In fact, you know, at least one of them I wish had a little more fear, (laughs) maybe, than they do about things like that. Because they don't seem to have much fear about heights or anything like that. But some of them, we have to kind of encourage them because we don't want them to miss out on an experience and we think they're going to, you know, really like it. But so it's kind of the same thing where we're going, hey, like this is going to be so awesome. It's so much fun. And don't worry, I'm going to be with you. (laughs) Like, don't worry, I'm going to be here because in the moments of fear, we want them to know we're here. We're with you. We're on the journey. We're protecting you, right? 
So obviously this is a much greater scale of that. But the point is, is that the Lord is telling them not to fear because he's with them. And it means there probably will be reason for them to have a little fear. So the Lord is telling the Israelites and Joshua to be strong and courageous, to not tremble or be dismayed. And strong there is about, you know, growing firm or strong, being strengthened. Courageous is to be stout, to be bold, to be determined and alert. Do not tremble. Trembling there is about causing a terror or dread. And do not be dismayed. The reason I'm sharing this is because of this phrase right here is about not being shattered, not being terrified or frightened, not breaking. And so <laughs> when we are talking about faith, we are talking about being strong and it's a choice. It's a choice about being strong and growing in strength because of the choice that you're making, that you're going to be bold and move past fear, that you're not going to allow circumstances to shatter you, who you are, what you believe, <laughs> but instead that you are going to be determined to move through these circumstances with faith. Faith, one of the main ingredients is strength, and it's not necessarily a natural strength, but it is a choice. Because as you make the choice, you will find that your strength grows. It's just like working out. It's like physical strength. <laughs> physical strength grows the more you use your muscles. You get stronger when you use them. The less you use them, the strength you have starts to weaken. And I have seen this in my own life of faith that there are times when my faith grows so strong because I'm putting it into use, whether a circumstance requires it or because I'm strengthening myself by spending time with the Lord, by spending time in his word, by spending time in prayer. You know, I'm spending time in the company of people. I'm ingesting stories of faith. You know, there's lots of ways that we can strengthen ourselves. And when we do that, we will find that we actually are stronger. And so you don't have to wait for the terrible circumstance in order to grow in your faith, in order to be strengthened. You can make choices that are going to do that no matter what. <laughs> but it's not about a natural strength. It's about making the choice to be bold, to be strong, to not allow fear to dictate your choices, to not allow circumstances to shatter you, but instead to choose to trust in the Lord, to choose to be bold, to choose determination. Because when you choose that, you're going to find that you live a life of faith in your daily life, that whatever happens, that you're going to respond well because you are strong, because you are strong in your faith, you are strong in the Lord, you are strong in who you are and who you were created to be. So the first ingredient of faith is strength. The second one is faithfulness. You know, in Matthew 21, verses 21 and 22, Jesus is talking and he makes this phrase. He says, if you have faith and do not doubt, you know, that faith word there is faithfulness. If you have faithfulness, and you don't, that word for doubt there can be translated as waver. 
to judge, to make distinction between, to discern. So faith is about faithfulness and not about judging the circumstance or what's happening or what the Lord is saying or what he's commanding. It's about being faithful to him and his ways. Faithfulness is about having confidence in the Lord. You know, this can be difficult for those of us who like to know what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. It's so easy to take control back from the Lord, not that he's a grand puppet master. I don't mean it that way, but, you know, there are times in life when you don't see God's hand immediately in a circumstance. There are times when you have to make a godly choice and it hurts because you're not seeing the fruit of it here. You know, sometimes maybe you're not going to see it here at all. It's going to be all eternal fruit. It's all going to be invisible to the naked eye while you're on earth, which doesn't mean it doesn't matter, by the way. (laughs) But sometimes maybe you'll eventually see it, but you won't see it short term, right? So faith can hurt in the short term. Faithfulness isn't always easy, but it's about choosing to have confidence in the Lord and doing things his way without judgment, without determining how it's supposed to look or, or what way it's supposed to unfold by not judging what he's doing or what he isn't doing, but instead trusting him, instead living in such a way that you are being faithful, that you are found faithful, that you live the same way regardless of your circumstances, that you live with the same values dictating your life when you're in plenty as you do in want. Faith is part of that journey is about faithfulness. It's about staying the course. It's about not wavering, but being faithful in every circumstance, in the big moments and in the small moments. And the reason you can live faithfully like that is because you can have confidence in the Lord and in his faithfulness. It's impossible to have faith without faithfulness, right? The next ingredient is trust. Trusting in God and his ways. These kind of bleed into each other. So this is a lot like faithfulness. But the reason you can be faithful is because you trust. You know, you trust in him and in his ways, no matter if it benefits you in the short term or not. There is a passage in John 6 where Jesus, he feeds a crowd of thousands with five barley loaves and two fish. And then after everybody eats and is full, they have 12 full baskets left over. After this happens, the crowd want to come and take Jesus by force to make him their king. And so he knows this isn't the plan. This isn't how things are going to end. Not with an earthly kingship in this moment. So he withdraws to the mountains alone. And when night begins to fall, his disciples go across the sea in a boat. And he walks across the sea and joins them. Of course, obviously, logical next step, he walks across the sea. (laughs) And the next day, the crowd seeks him until they find Jesus and they ask him about how he got there. (laughs) This is the context. I'm skipping some of the details of it. But there is something really interesting that happens in this, okay? At the beginning of John 6, it says this. It says, after these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. 
So the crowd followed Jesus because they saw the signs that he was performing. They had seen the miracles. They had heard the stories. They saw the people who'd been sick and were now well. So they came to see him. This is logical. You know, this is what would happen if we had this happen in our day too. You hear of miracles happening. You see somebody who was miraculously healed. You hear the firsthand account. You, you see someone who you knew couldn't walk before and now is walking. And you go, oh my goodness, <laughs> what is happening? And you go to see it for yourself. That was at the beginning of chapter 6. At the end of chapter 6, verse 26, it says this. Jesus is talking to the crowds and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. And in verse 30, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? Okay, the people saw the signs they perceived the miracles, and they were willing to follow Jesus so that they could be filled up by him themselves. However, this wasn't actually faith that was being birthed in all of them, right? It was their flesh that was being filled. They started following him because of the signs, and they kept following him because he filled their bellies. He satisfied their flesh. You know, this is sometimes what happens in our lives too. It looks different though. But we come to Jesus because we have a reason to believe that he is the son of God. We see something, we have an experience in our life, we have faith in somebody else's life that impacts us, we have a moment of need, we have an intellectual belief, whatever it is, there's a reason that we come to Jesus, right? And it's normally because of a sign, because of something outside of ourselves that we see that causes us to follow him. And then when we follow him, this amazing thing happens. Like we start to feel good. Our life maybe gets better, right? Maybe we find a great faith community to be a part of. And so we have friendship and we have great things that are happening in our life because of our faith. But it's our bellies that are being filled. Our lives, there's something about us that is better because of this faith in our lives and it doesn't necessarily have to be connected to a relationship with him. It doesn't have to be connected to a true faith. Faith in Jesus and being his follower is about trusting him no matter if our bellies are full or we're going hungry. (laughs) No matter what else is happening, it's not just about improving our lives here. You know, I do believe that following Jesus will improve your life here. It, like, more than you can possibly even imagine. But in our culture, especially, that's such a consumer-driven culture, it's so easy to become consumer-driven about our faith and not even realize it. So that we're willing to follow Jesus and to do things according to his ways when it benefits us, when our bellies are full when culture is going the way we want it to, when it fits with our other belief system. There's a lot of things about faith that can be self-serving, even though we don't realize it. But true faith is about trusting in God and in his ways and living according to them, no matter what you see and experience in the short term. It's impossible to have faith without trusting the Lord and truly trusting him beyond what you can see or beyond your your current experience. Strength, faithfulness, trust, and the last ingredient is joy. 
joy shows the truth of the other ingredients. If you're truly trusting the Lord, there is joy because you know the outcome will be good. There's joy in doing things God's way because you're living before him with an undefiled conscience. There's joy in doing things the Lord's way because you know that the outcome is going to be good. And it doesn't matter if it's good right now or if it's good someday. You know, there is great joy in following the Lord because also <laughs> faith and joy and all of these things, they are supernatural in nature. And so there's part of it that you just don't understand. But you were created to live with these things. And so you, when you live with them and you practice them in a pure form in your life, they bring good fruit, even if it's eternal fruit, even if it's how you change. Maybe it's not your circumstances that change, but you change. <laughs> and so there's great life and joy because of that. Life isn't always easy, but a life of faith is always good. And I don't say that lightly. I know that there is hardship and there is heartache. You go through times of doubt and when things don't understand and there's tragedy and there is loss and there are times when you mess up and now you're in a mess <laughs> that you have to figure out and it's hard and it hurts. There's times when other people mess up and their life, the way they live, the choices they made impact you and it's hard and it hurts. So I don't say it lightly when I say that a life of faith is good. But it is so, so good. You know, it's an adventure, but it's one that's made up of many small moments. But these small moments are big, and they impact eternity. A life of faith is a life filled with great joy, because the Lord is in it. And it's impossible for him to be in something and not have joy. Because it's impossible to be trusting in him and not have joy in that. Choosing faith will change you. And it will also change the world, whether you see it immediately or not. So I just want to encourage you and bless you. <laughs> you know, the Lord is with you. His smile is upon you. He has things of destiny for you. It may not look like Abraham's life, <laughs> but it is so, so good. And if you choose to live a life of faith, if you choose to behave with strength and faithfulness and trust and joy, you are going to be amazed at what you see in your life. It is going to be so good and it's going to bring great fruit and it's going to bring great joy and you will not be sorry for a moment that you made that choice. I believe in you and even more importantly, the Lord is with you and he believes in you. So blessings to you as you go and you practice faith in your daily life. Thank you for joining us back here again for Pastor Nicole's Faith Series. Please join us again next month on April 4th as we dive in together into the next topic. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend, family member, or someone who needs encouragement. Connect with Pastor Nicole on her website or through social media. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and her bi-monthly newsletter, which includes podcast extras, her blog, and devotionals for you and the family. All of this and more can be found in the show credits. Thanks again for choosing Happily Ever After. See you next time.